What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland, and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out, and I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys, and they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well, as well as the the real deal cocktails, mimosa flights, and all the goods, so come on out for brunch or come out in the evening for the new warm weather cocktail menu featuring lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, tons of outdoor patio space, and good eats. Big thanks to Produce Row Cafe for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Let's do it. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another Dan Cable Presents program. We've got volume 20 of I Dig Records with my cousin Bobby coming at you. This time around, we are talking about the 1997 release from Stereo Lab, which came out on Duophonic Electra at that time. And if you're new to the podcast, you can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday where I am usually in conversation with an artist or a band. And then every other Wednesday, you got these I Dig Records episodes coming at you where Cuzzo and I are doing the deep dive on a record from 
usually something from one of our collections or a record that one of us feels pretty strongly about. If you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. That is super helpful in propelling this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts and giving it more visibility on a national and international level, helping strangers find the podcast, and uh, just a great way to contribute to the sustainability and the growth of this thing. Can't say thank you enough to the people that have taken the time to do that and cannot stress the importance of it. If you're not listening on iTunes, hit subscribe or like Follow wherever you are listening to it from. It's available on Spotify now. And I'm also dropping monthly playlists there as well. You can look out for those every first of the month. Keeping it very spread out genre-wise. So those links will be in the episode notes. You can also find the links for the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts there as well. If you want to help support. And I'll also have... All the links for my cousin and his music groups, High Pulp, Sun King, his record label Inside Voices, and uh, as well as the links for the sponsors there as well, Distro Kid and Produce Row. Speaking of Produce Row, let me tell you about some upcoming dates going on there this Sunday, June 27th. We got Karen Ann. She'll be down there doing her thing and then Wednesday on June 30th we got Rose Gerber who is bringing a new trio out so we've got some singer songwriter folky stuff going on this coming week and then taking the 4th of July off Produce Row is closed that day and then July 7th Inky Shadows really great jazz duo Chris Frank who's been on the show before is uh, half of this duo. He's a great dude. Always love seeing him play music. One of my favorite bass players in the city for real. And then July 11th, Blair Borax and New Victorian, two great singer-songwriters, will be playing that Sunday afternoon. So check out the Produce Row website, and you can find the calendar there for upcoming things but every wednesday and sunday wednesday 6 p.m to 8 p.m and sunday is 1 p.m to 3 p.m also mentioned in this episode my cousin bobby is coming down to do a little week-long residency so he'll be there july 25th spinning a bunch of vinyl and then on july 28th is my 36th birthday and we're doing a dan cable presents birthday party at produce row he'll be doing a set I'm going to do a DJ set, and uh, my buddy Quaz, DJ Sonde Blue, will also be doing a set that night. So come out, come hang, and uh, come see some free music at Produce Row. Hope everybody's doing well out there, finding uh, ways to keep your head above the water, finding some joy in your day. And we're going to get into this one, volume 20 of I Dig Records. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. Back again. Volume 20. 20, really? I feel like 20 should be more of a, like a sort of iconic birthday, you know? But like 19 and 20 are both sort of like, 
you know, it's 18 and 21 is when things happen, but I feel like 20 should be a thing. Yeah, 20s. No, it's like a tease. Yeah, it's like it's like cool. You're 20. I guess you're not a teenager anymore. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, 19 and 20 are those are garbage ages. Did you do anything fun for your 21st birthday? Because I didn't, and I guess maybe we can tell these stories when the when the podcast turns 21 next episode. But I didn't do really anything at all. Well, I um, so at that time. The alternative rock band that your, your cousin was in at that time. The Should Souls, I name drop it? The Souls of Fuse. I was yeah. going to name drop it. Okay. Uh, we were recording our record out in L.A. And in Hollywood? Yep. Well, it was in Echo Park mm. is where we recorded. This place called Grandma's Warehouse. And <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was a cool spot. It was literally a warehouse. And the front half of it was an office building of some sort. And then this dude, Andrew, who owned the studio, Grandma's Warehouse, was in the back of this warehouse and built like this really dope studio in there. And then it had a cool little kind of backyard area that you could go hang in and uh, dope setup. Anyway, Echo Park. And we were recording the day before my 21st birthday. Oh, you found it? Nice. That's it right there. Yeah. Killer live room. Great control room. Uh, many hours spent in that place. Lots of fun times. And we were in the studio the day before my 21st birthday. And it was uh, it was one of those, you know, sessions where you're there for like 10 hours. Some yeah, ridiculous shit like that. <clears throat> yep. You kind of had to like make it work that way, though, because we were driving out to L.A., from which is like Corona, which is a solid hour and a half. Yeah, you know, you probably get there in an hour a lot of the times, but yeah, sometimes in that hour and a half range. And uh, so, by the time we got out of the studio, it was nearly midnight. And when we got back to the Corona area, it was midnight, and we just met, um, went directly to a bar, and mm-hmm. got drunk so fast. Yeah. I was very fast. Were you the youngest fast. of the Lots group? Lots of shots coming at me. Brutal. You know, and that sucks. Uh, were, the, were you the youngest of the of the band? Or I was like maybe the last to turn twenty one. We were all like, make you, we were all make the you same the youngest like, year in high school. But yeah, I guess I was maybe uh, younger than a few others. And uh, shots. Very sick. Very, you know, I was uh, I was a sick boy. I made it probably like four or five hours like i don't know i made it i made it a few hours of that night and then we ended up at denny's and then i was just like puking in the den like just outside of denny's in the bushes (laughs) you know just completely completely destroyed i was so hung over the next day that i didn't really do anything on my actual birthday until really late that night and i didn't even felt like a piece of shit yeah i didn't even drink that night yeah yeah it was uh well, now you don't really drink at all. I can't. I just get. I I just. You just get a get, headache. Well, I don't even get headaches, man. I just get violently sick sometimes, like alcohol poisoning level of sick after having two drinks sometimes. So it's just what? really not. It's really not worth it. That's a healthy thing to be like really like basically allergic to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's pretty helpful. I would say, especially in the. Uh, music world the music world that you and i surround ourselves in you know it's uh, slippery 
or just like any sort of entertainment mm-hmm. like if you're a comedian you know it's acceptable to to drink on stage while you're doing your job or yeah. as a musician same thing you know yeah. or, they or pay even, you in booze you know even doing shit like this we could we could be sitting here boozing and i thought about getting a beer it's just i got shit to do after this you know exactly exactly <laughs> responsibility boundaries that's right. that's right thought before action yeah i'm 29 now so it's like you know back when i was like 26 i maybe would you know yes. or like next week i might you know but this this you know today no yeah and a happy birthday to you a belated happy birthday thanks bro 29 years old your final year of the 20s yeah whatever you know, 30 is going to feel weird, but I feel like I was like 27 pretty recently, but <laughs> yeah, you were, it was pretty recent, I guess, but I feel like I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Being age 29, whatever is cool. I was, uh, looked forward shit. to my thirties. Really? Yeah. I always felt like the, the good the good shit was going to happen in my 30s and uh, i feel like that's true it's a lot of grinding in your 20s and it's it's rang true thus far so yeah that's because we chose the path we did i think a lot of people like man a lot of people in their 30s when they go work for amazon when they're 22 is like they're just fucking they're buying houses and shit buying buying teslas and shit you know yeah but that sounds, I'm not disrespect to anybody that did that, but you know, for me, it's like, it sounds sort of boring. Yeah, man. I think about also how grateful I am that I didn't fall into some sort of large amount of money as a 19 year old or a 20 year old, or maybe had, you know, my band explode the way I would have liked to at yeah. some point, you know, like the early framing for that stuff was, was such, you know, that like, well, that's where you get all star, those like bad habits in, bro. In, in like in some sort of way, you know, not that that's I want it to be like the biggest thing of all time, but like, oh, you know, but I mean, it was, even it if was you're playing in, yeah. even if you're playing in rooms of like 200, 300 and they're full, you're going to, and you're 22 years old, you're so ego <laughs> gassed up. Like yeah. you just like, get all your bad habits. You just make a million bad habits that then you have to like unlearn through your thirties, you know, right. because you're just going at whatever through your twenties. Yeah. God forbid you have a relationship or some kids or some shit. And you're just like, Oh man, I feel for people that like have that. I'm sort of thankful too, that like none of our shit really took off, you know, in, in our early twenties. Yeah, man. I just think that, yeah, I would have, I would have done some stupid shit around that time. <laughs> I think with, with that, so it's it feels uh yeah you also more, more humble and more grateful for anything that comes yeah my way at this point you know both of us were lucky too to not have any like huge amounts of debt you know what i mean like like stupid like six figure debt type shit that a lot of people have when they're like 21 years old um no, I acquired that debt much later in my life, actually. Yeah, but yeah. but but you didn't in your twenties. But you know, I'll wait. I'm gonna hold out for uh, the financial, the student loan forgiveness era before, uh, before yeah. it happens. You know, 
I just wish we'd get a few more stimmies, you know, because my credit cards, <laughs> my credit cards, in in a little bit of trouble lately. Well, maybe all, if all you want uh, to spend your LA trip just buying records, you would be in better shape. I was amazed at Amoeba. I really was. It'd been a while since I'd been there, probably like five years, maybe. And um, they moved to the new spot. I'm sure did you you went when you were just there. I did go. Yeah, man. It was crazy. I'm trying to remember what the old spot looked like, and I keep getting it mixed up with the San Francisco one in my head. Uh, well, the old spot was much cooler. Really? Like, the building itself was much oh, cooler. It was yeah, like yeah, an yeah. older building. Right. Where this new one, you could tell there was, like, maybe a Rite Aid in it before or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, like, <laughs> for the old one, it was that the one you would walk in, and everything would be, like, it was, like, it was like you walk in and it was like to your right was like all of the shit. Like a whole bunch of shit. And then the, the registers were to your left. Uh, I don't know, man. I think it was pretty. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty much just like a huge open room when you walked in. Yeah. And then there was an upstairs as well. And that had like all the DVDs and shit. Huh. I'm I'm only really remembering the San Francisco one then. But hey, either way outside of the building, I, I also appreciated the new setup. I thought it was like very well organized. I thought it was yeah, total vibe. I also forgot that they have like so much more than just records and like DVDs. They got all the shirts and yeah, all the yeah. like little trinkets and all that sort of gimmicky stuff, but that's fun. And then it's a record store, man. I dig that shit. They have man, they had a whole amazing house section. And an amazing, the electronic section was really deep. Um, the hip hop section was wonderful. I got mm. a Benny the Butcher record. I got a Rock Marciano record. Shit that I just don't really see at most record stores. You know what I picked um, up there? What'd you get? From our I Dig Records collection, I got the uh, the internet record. Oh yeah, the uh, Ego Death. Yeah. Hell yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I just was like pretty floored by, I, I went the first time and it was like Sierra and her brother were like at something, they were at Goodwill or something. And I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go. Cause the next day we were going to go to the beach and I was like, I'm just going to get my amoeba out of the way. You know, I'm going to go for an hour and I'm just going to like do my thing. And usually if I'm in a record store for an hour, like I can go pretty deep, you know, but I just walked in and I was like, oh, dude, I, I'm I'm going to need a whole nother day here. So I went back a second time and that second time I pretty much only was looking at seven inches. Yeah. And the seven inches were super amazing. I probably got 10 seven inches and uh, they were just like super killing. They had a ton of shit that I like, you know, try to find on Discogs and stuff and the prices were... I figured out my sort of ratio is like if I can find something for like seven bucks, seven to ten dollars more than it costs on Discogs, I think it's worth it because you're going to pay probably, you know, two, three bucks in tax and five, four five in shipping. And then, yeah, you know, whatever. If I'm paying like three to four extra dollars, I'll just pay that to, to take it right there and, you know, yeah. support a record store. There's, um, uh, there's something about leaving with the record. Too. you know like going into the 100%. record store leaving with it also you're getting to uh you personally get to check out the condition of the packaging yeah. of this record it's not some yep. surprise because yeah. some people do very poor jobs of yeah. packaging it's surprising to me how yeah. many records come from labels that yeah. 
the you know something when the fucking corner it. is creased man it's like how did you guys because that shit must have happened actually before because sometimes i get a creased corner but the corner of the package is not creased of the actual cardboard you know what i mean yeah so i'm like oh so like you just shipped me like a record that dropped on the floor or something and you just were like oh that's cool but well before you know. we before we get into this thing, what what's your uh, favorite record that you picked up? I I can't even I don't even know, dude. Or did I, you I just kind of like do some fucking crate I got, digging to. I think I got like thirty records when I was there. What? It was like ten <laughs> ten seven inches. It was like ten seven inches and like maybe fifteen LPs. Oh my um, god, dude! And it wasn't just me, but I also went to this record store, Freak Beat, in um sherman hill sherman oaks and that was cool um and then mount analog was super super dope and like i guess it's like probably like it's like east hollywood los Feliz sort of like echo park silver lake thing that whole like central east la um super cool spot uh this woman named uh, massa runs it and she was there and they're only open like I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday and super deep, like really curated shit. Like they, the flipping through all of the sort of like house and DJ sort of like dance music was like really choice. Um, so I, I, you know, I dropped some, some skrill there too. Uh, yeah, and man. that's the type of shit that I love too. Cause I was like, I'm gonna get all these. And she was like, uh credit or venmo and i was like venmo she was like dope like we're not gonna worry about tax then yeah yeah, like for sure all right cool that's what's up yeah i tried to go to atomic as well but they were closed doesn't seem like they're open for business yet inside where is that i think that's what it's called no uh, there's definitely north hollywood okay Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah i tried to go there and they were closed so then i ended up going to amoeba so um i'm just excited man i'm excited for the i'm excited for the move but now i'm cutting myself off because i had my birthday and on my birthday i treated myself to about 10 more records on discogs and um i deleted the discogs app (laughs) (laughs) i I said okay uh, i'm here i'm here because you know i justified it all i got my big old uh dj case my hard case on wheels that holds both my record players and my mixer and you know, I got the whole thing set up and I had these lingering records that I was like, I want some of these, you know, to finish out my set. And, uh, you know, I still have a couple in my want list. See, the want list is the bad thing about, it's the best thing and, and like the worst thing for your wallet on Discogs because it just keeps reminding you the records that you want. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like every day they send you an email and it's like, uh, 90 new records from your want list, you know, <laughs> just like shows you all of these and you're like, dude, fuck so every day you're like remembering you want those so i just bought the ones that i wanted fucking deleted the app and uh i'm i'm not buying any records until i go to la yeah shout out to which Discogs. is only six fucking weeks shout out to discogs and i hope that you were smart enough to just go ahead and leave all those records that you bought in la at uncle andrews and not no just no like no i brought them, them home i brought them back because i want to spin them at at, at fucking produce row in July, you can Shout catch out July twenty fifth. You can catch 
my cousin Bobby, the week-long residency here in Portland, Woo! Oregon. He's going to be week. there Sunday, July 25th. And then we're Woo. doing the Dan Cable Presents birthday party. Bang. I'm turning 36 years old, cousin. 36. 36. Damn, dude. 36. That's divisible by six. That's divisible by four. That's divisible by two. That's divisible <laughs> by nine. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it's a lot of options with that one. So um, I'm excited yeah. for that though. If you're in the Portland area, you should definitely come out to that. Also, I'll be spinning all vinyl, and it'll uh, be house music. Uh, the homie know, Quaz, electronic music. DJ Sunday Blue will also be there. Mm-hmm. Quaz is the is great, and yeah, it's gonna be fun. If the vibe, uh, yeah, maybe I'll bring some hip hop records. You know, if people want to like eat their produce row, like omelets or whatever with like Benny the Butcher talking about like tying you up and putting you in a trunk. I'm not sure that's like the vibe for brunch. I, I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and like trust that that you're going to read the room. So, OK. Um, <laughs> anyway, who is this DJ? Uh, stop buying records. OK. Yeah, I was I'm in LA for a... three. I was on a three-week road trip and managed to come back with three vinyls. Really? What were they? The internet. I got and that internet. Um, I got <clears throat> an Elliot Smith record. Which one? Bad with titles. For anything with the cover, that was prior with the cover. to five years. Um, I got either or. Okay. Yeah. So I. I think I had I think I had my Elliot Smith moment on this trip. Hell yeah. So I uh Yeah, we seem to we seem to bring up my my friend Brayden gets brought up, I feel like, frequently in this podcast, but while I was yeah. on my three week road trip, um the cemetery where he he's buried at, it happens mm-hmm. to be like ten minutes from my buddy Bert's house, which is great. So anytime Whoa. I go there I'll yeah. go visit Say and uh yeah man I just had a, I had a really solid it was the first time I had been up there by myself I'd like been up a couple times with other people and it was like having the alone trip was uh was very cool and different and glad I had the experience and when I was leaving I was just thinking about what I was going to listen to when I left and uh I was just like, man, Brayden really fucking loved Elliot Smith. This was like a huge influence on his his whole deal. So I just fucking put on some Elliot Smith, dude. And uh, it was crazy just listening to this music. For the first time, I was like really listening to the lyrics and everything. And I was just like, man, everything like... It was all right here, like mm-hmm. all of the all of the things that he was trying to communicate, like exist in this music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just fucking blew my mind. So it was just, it was a part of the trip. So I had to get an Elliot Smith record. I That's I cool. had um, the self titled. I had picked up as a used copy just because it was a it was a re- reasonable price, and I knew I would I would enjoy it at some point. And I right. liked a couple tracks on it. But this feels like your first your first one that you bought as a fan. Yeah, like I went when I went into the record store, you were looking for it. I was like, "Yeah, I'm getting an Elliott Smith record in here if they have the one I want." So Right. Right. 
cool when you have those moments. A hundred percent intense. So I, uh, so I got that and I got that internet ego death record. And then I found this middle kids album that is a band that I stumbled upon this year. They have a few prior albums too that I'm not super familiar with yet, but they've got this new record that came out this year. And it was, it was cool because that was the thing. You know when you go to the record store and you don't think they're gonna have something, but you look for it anyway. Mm-hmm. It was Everything. that. That was that record Sick. for me. Yeah. Did they not? They didn't even have like a, a, a tab of their own. You nope. just like looked in the M. Yeah. Yeah. That's the vibe. And there it was. And it's it's called "Today We're the Greatest." And I just think it's some really fucking cool songwriting and whatnot. So I was I was so stoked because that record's also sold out online. So I would, thought it was a super long shot that it would be in there. And uh, Dope. that's what I walked out with. I didn't get anything else. I did go to this other record store in San Luis Obispo called um, Boo Boo Records. And that was a really cool shop. They just didn't have the, the couple things I was looking for. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I've, I've talked to them on the phone before. Great, great record store, though. So you ready to do it? Yeah. Shall we get Shit. into uh, this record that I I'm believe so you said last time before we teased it that this one is like a game changer for you, a life changer? Yep. yep. And so I'm definitely excited to hear uh, just, yeah, man, like how you got into this record and why you why it's so important to you and shit. I'm also curious to hear how what you thought about it because i could see you going either way Mm. on this one Mm. you know i could see you going either (laughs) way um but how i came across stereo lab in general i was thinking about this yesterday um when i was like maybe 13 i like was i like loved like singer songwriters i had like a big phase where i just like listened to just a ton of acoustic music Mm -hmm. that's when i like got into iron and wine and he did a cover of Pang 33. And I always liked that cover. I didn't know it was a cover. I just knew I liked this song by Iron and Wine. And then I looked it up one day or somehow came across the fact that it was a cover. And then I got hip to Stereo Lab because that's a Stereo Lab song off of a record called Pang from like maybe 1994 something. I just got hip to them through that. And then I, uh, I listened to that record a good amount. I really liked that record. Still like it a lot to this day. But that stuff is like pretty uh, more like DIY, sort of like kraut rock, like sort of like got this punk sort of like thing, you know, little new wave, whatever vibes. And um, then as we kept making music in, in my bands, we kept getting compared in certain reviews to stereo lab which was confusing to me uh yeah and sun king um both of them but uh more sun king i think a little bit but i was just like confused because my relationship with stereo lab was like pang and like that early stuff the record before and after i've listened to a little bit too and i hear like some of it was like you know there was some like shoegaziness and sort of like some rep, a lot of repetition and some, you know, droney things going on. So I could sort of see that, but it didn't really make sense that I was like, huh. 
like to, in my like mind, like that band was like a whole nother like world. You know what I mean? That'd be like comparing like, you know, I don't know, apples to oranges as, as my knowledge of it all went. But I then was like, oh shit, these people have released like 18,000 records. And I did a little more research and I was like, okay, so I want to get into some of the, cause then I listened to some of their more recent stuff from like the early two thousands and it wasn't hitting me. But then I just like did a little more research, you know, probably went on Reddit or something, looked at some Wikipedias, saw some reviews and there's those three records. There's Emperor Tomato Ketchup, whatever it's called. Um, yeah, 1996. And then there's Dots and Loops in 97. Um, and I think that, um, what's the other one? There's a third record that's from like around this era that also, um, that also is like really critically acclaimed. And I listened to Emperor Tomato Ketchup and I thought it was cool. Um, I actually liked it a lot, but it wasn't like, was it, it was really good, but I, you know, I, it still like felt a little bit, it wasn't until I listened to dots and loops that my shit was rocked. That's what I'm trying to say. And I listened to dots and loops and my shit was fucking rocked. I was just like, what, what in the world? You know, I was like, this is not the band I thought it was. They're using all of these, so much use of the, of five as a time signature and as like, like just all these, but it all feels so good. Um, the synthesizers and like the horn lines and the drumming and it just like the whole thing to me was like a, a amazing feat of like songwriting. It's a sampler's gold mine. I mean, like Pharrell has been really outspoken about how this album fucking rocked his shit. Same with like Mad Lib and, you know, like, like Dilla, I think too, like, sampled stereo lab so i don't know it just sort of like all opened up for me then and i just like as far as like shit that i've listened to over the last basically throughout the whole pandemic probably dots and loops is like the thing i've listened to the most um so is this like a pretty recent thing that you came to yeah probably about probably about beginning of the pandemic okay you know yeah Um, yeah, i was also going to ask you just from my listening experience with with mm-hmm. it i was going to ask you if this if you knew if this record had been sampled much because it does seem like it would yeah. be like prime time material to yeah. use for sampling yeah and i mean just like the the horns there's like all these cool horns there's all these like super cool like there's a moog documentary online that's really cool and it like sh- sh- you know moog synthesizers uh pretty legendary synth company out of Asheville, uh, North Carolina. And like, you know, like they're like some of the early pioneers stereo lab is of like bringing that shit into like certain, certain kinds of music, you know, it was being done in the seventies more and stuff. Yeah. But still. Yeah. I mean, so real quick, I got it pulled up here. Who sampled dots and loops, uh, Mad Lib, um, Jamila Woods, Oh, Jamila is uh, so good, dude. Guilty Simpson, Daedalus, Tebes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, and then Pharrell just like, you know, bat, super into right. it. So, 
so yeah i mean it just uh i mean for me it was like let me see let me pull up the shit here uh and it's 1997 yeah that's also like fucked up yeah, let's, yeah, tell me more about that. I don't even know Radio what Radiohead, okay, computer. Oh, this yeah. This is the same year as we have our ladies and gentlemen. We're floating, floating in, space in space from Spiritualized, which we have visited. Um, Go listen to Foo that. Foo Fighters, Color and Shape. You yep. got uh, this you got, York re- record, Homogenic. Yep. yep. Um, Be Here Now, that uh, Oasis record was huge. That uh, Daft Punk Homework album. Life After Death. The Baduism. Baduism, Ghetto D by Master P. The Yola Tango. I can hear. The Heart Beating is one. Yeah. yeah. Nick K. Like, this is a it's, yeah. it's a crazy year for music. And I think this is like one of my compliments to this record is that I feel like this is very much carves out its own thing. Like, and if it came out today, it would still be so hip. Yeah, I think I think that you were you're right about that. Yeah, so like, I don't know, just even like how this record starts off with, I don't know how to say, Brock, Brock Hodge, Brock Hage, Breakage, something, <laughs> Brockage, <laughs> Breakage, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, again, so like in this, on this record, you get a lot of drums uh, that are doing this sort of like, you know, this sort of Krautrocky thing. You know, just really chilling. Um, and then you get these really lush, warm chords. I feel like the album artwork, especially the colors, the colors of the album artwork are really appropriate for the music. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's the colors of this record. Um, I feel like if you if you showed me that, that record cover and then you played me this music, like yeah. great job on... Uh, Hundred percent on one branding to one. here with this. Yeah, one. <laughs> this, is, totally. this is like this is the the thing that I would uh, would, would hope for out of this album yeah. art. But just like then you get these little vibraphones coming in, mm-hmm. and then she starts singing, right? You know, and then around one thirty, you get the backup vocals to come in. about this stuff is it's just like an ecosystem of polyrhythms you know what i mean you have the guitar doing the band and then you have the the uh, vibraphones playing these like other polyrhythm and then you have this other sort of vocal round that's sort of like floating above it all and it's just like it's just sort of like so effortless it like just sort of skates you know what i mean like the way that it just like it, 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 yeah, it feels like it's like vibey, it's like shoegazy, you can dance to it, you could also skateboard to this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like his momentum. There's so much it's momentum in this in this music, yeah. you know. Yeah, I love the way that the the vocals play with each other. 
yeah. and how they bounce back and forth and the way they use that that background vocal as an instrument you know and it yeah. also is uh, so it like it plays the role of distraction from the it's main It's in the vocal same way too. that like a horn horn backgrounds would accompany a soloist. Yep. Know? Yep. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh it's a trip. I I think that that's like a really impressive element of of the like throughout this record is the way they do that. And yeah. the way they use those backup vocals and uh just like where they fall rhythm like rhythmically and like there's obviously a lot of like next level thought going in to these compositions you know yeah, you man. can tell these these people are all like heavy heads <laughs> musically you know yeah to, to be able to make something like this work what's also wild is like so i don't know how much research you did on the band but like um Tim Gain is like the main songwriter. Okay. But uh Leticia uh Sadier is the singer and the lyric writer. So so Tim and they were dating and um I guess that that was sort of miserable by the end. <laughs> like they dated for like 14 years, I think. And this is like that cockatoo twin shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so like they dated for 14 years, I think. And he would write like a machine. Like she said that like, I was listening to an interview with, with her and she said that he would bring wheelbarrows of songs just like, and be like, here, write lyrics for everything and then sing it, you know? Mm. And what's sort of funny about it too is that like a lot of their songs, like they're very politically driven band, you right, know? Like right. Marxism is like right at the front like of a lot of the lyrics and like mm -hmm. uh, she was talking about how she got some advice from a, a, a former bandmate and she told never to sing about her heartache, you know? It was like just... Like keep it about like don't 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 pin yourself as that you know be about something else. So they would have all this Marxist theory in their lyrics and stuff, but at the same time, Tim Gain would show up and be like, "Here's 30 new songs. Like let's go, let's write them, let's record them." And that's how they put out so many records, is that they would write 35 songs. Boom, record all the drums in one, you know, in in a in a in a round, you know, and then go record all the guitars and just boom, 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 just like a factory line. And she was like, it's sort of ironic that we were like critiquing this like, you know, automated machine, you know, capitalist world while we were sort of like doing that within our own band. Um, and I don't think that that's where the main tension stemmed from within that. I think just like dating your, being in a relationship with somebody in your band and. Well, it's supposed, uh, yeah, the whole it's, it mess. seems it seems like a pretty like high demand too of production, yeah. and they were touring their asses off and this and that. So like, there's just a lot of tension around the band at this point and moving forward, and the record is so fucking amazing. You know, it's like some of those famous Beatles records. It's like, you know, John and Paul were at each other's throats. You know, yeah, but like you listen to the music and it's like, this is, this is amazing music. Yeah. So like, 
with the understanding that great musicianship you don't like compositions are fucking like pretty pretty incredible and very forward thinking what don't you like about it sometimes the vocal cadences and approach does not speak to me i just am not i don't know that that style has not hit me and it's not it's not the whole record this is yeah. not because i i actually think that this record's pretty cool and the more i listen to it the more i like it yeah and i think it's you know one of those things if i walked into the record store and this was playing i would probably try to buy it off yeah. of the uh off of the record player and uh so like a song like miss modular is this the type of vocals that you're not into no so like like miss modular is uh miss modular is actually like the exception to me okay i think this song is just really great and it's so fucking it's so groovy and uh also the horns man the horns are like 210 215 yeah dude the horns on this record are incredible and the mix, the mix is also really amazing. just all got repressed on vinyl see like it's a it's a record that i'm like back and forth about whether i would like to have because again the more i listen to it the more i appreciate it i think having it on in the background is is pretty cool i think there's maybe some moments that you would you would lose some people (laughs) if you just had this on for the hang the more but, you listen, the more you'll be down. I, I, I guarantee. No, I mean that's a, that's already my experience with it. So, what's some some um, examples of stuff you're not into? I also think the like the tones on this whole record are just like incredible. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking. Um, all right, so let's get into. Let's talk about the flower called nowhere. I love the shimmery guitar. It reminds me a little bit of like the dirty column, however you say that. Dirty. Yeah, dude. See, like that's the thing. It's like the the record. Oh, I sorry. L- I cut I cut you out. I accidentally hit the goddamn Siri button on my computer, which is so fucking annoying that they did that. So what'd you say? This is the thing. So so this is yeah. So like the vocal on like on the opening of this. Mm-hmm. Like these little climbs or whatever they are. The the real like. Yeah. Jazz, like vocal jazz moments. Yeah. I just, I really love. Yeah. I really like if this record was ins- instrumentals. Yeah. I think I would maybe, or like it more, or if there were a few instrumentals. Yeah. Instead of you know tracks with with vocals, and it's not that I don't like her voice. Yeah. It's not like a tone thing. And again, it's not a 100% absolute statement. There's just there's just like a lot of these moments that the the vocal like it just doesn't do much for me. I hear I hear that. 
I agree. I mean, I'm not like, oh, the vocal melody on the flower that whatever the flower called nowhere i'm not like this is it you know you but know, it doesn't bother me and the rest of the stuff going on sorry to cut you off oh, but no, the rest no, of the stuff great. going on is so sick in my opinion like when when you get later in the song mm-hmm. and it has those hits I think that shit is so hip. That's like some like that reminds me of Cortex a lot of, of Tropu Blue, and it reminds me of like some shit like some like hiatus coyote. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's like this is 1997. This is hip, you know? Yeah. A track like this, it feels musically it like like a musical to me. I hear that. Yeah. Sometimes, that. and it just doesn't. Uh, how about how about the last like Yeah. Yeah, no. You don't need to like it. <laughs> it's okay. I d- <laughs> I don't not like this record though. No, no, no. I'm not I I know. I know what you mean too. Like I understand what you're saying. Like that I, I hear I hear that. I just think that this is this is a a record that I need to be in the mood for. Yeah. For certain certain parts of it, you know? Totally. It's like, this is such... While I... Maybe it feels like a musical a bit to me with that one. Yeah. It's yeah. also like a real dreamy, you know, yeah. mystical thing too going well, it on. Well, it's a, it's a fine line between you feeling like you're like, you know, watching a Disney movie and, you know, doing mushrooms, you know? And like that song, I I could see how it could feel like both, you know, depending on uh, external factors. Yeah, but then like diagonals. This is one of my favorite tracks on the, the song is sick, on the man. record. And uh, this is, I don't know, when I think about those other records at this time, and what I was saying earlier that this seems to like carve out its own thing from from those other bands and whatnot and makes its own yeah. statement is like this song is yeah. is where it's at and uh yeah i don't know they're not it's, they're not the, doing like the radiohead sabotaging of songs no you know no and the use of five this is another song that's in five but you wouldn't maybe even notice you know it's like it's just so singable you know so head bobby um, the intro of this song is so sick with that, like, I mean, the intro of this song sounds like some, like, proto, like, Flying Lotus. Yeah. You know? Like, with that, like, marimba or whatever that thing is. And then yeah, you get man. the big horns coming in. Yeah, it's uh, moving at, like, a minute 20. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then, boom, when you get that feel change at 120, that's, that's when... Yeah, that's when you're like, what is this? 
you know what what like I don't know what genre this is say about the vocals that I do like mm-hmm. is that when when there is the backup element mm-hmm. when it's more than just the lead I love it yeah I think that's that's part of when it shines for sure I think those I love how she layers it though yeah like she'll start without it and then she'll bring it in for like a little escalation yeah it's like a that's like a thing that I really resonate with like in in songwriting you know is that like establish and then expand you know right yeah I really don't think there's a bad song on this record. I love also because this this song ends up going out with uh, like the xylophone. Yeah. And yeah, they bring <laughs> that thing back in over. They the bring drums. it back in, but just the I love how spacey that whole section is. Mm-hmm. This is like just very transcendent how it it brings you into the song and how it pulls you out of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Is very cool. Totally. And like those are the, you know, those are the moments that I love on, on the album. So there's you, a there's a you, and there's a lot of those. Then you go into Prisoner of Mars though, and you got this like, if you got the headphones on, in both ears, you got this really cool panning, and then it's just like lush with this like, very groovy, almost like Portishead esque bassline. Mm-hmm. It's just such like a scenery, you know what I mean? That this whole record for me puts me in this like scene, you know?
this song with the the snare drum, snares turned off. This is like, you know, and you got that grooving bass line, the percussion going on. It really is this like in between of like all of these things, you know? Cause this is a European band, right? Like this is, you know, they're from France, but they spent a ton of time in, in England. Um, and you have a lot of influence of electronic music and house music and drum and bass and uh, techno and all that stuff, you know? Uh, a lot of it coming from the States, but then like taking its own form in, in Europe. And this, this song to me, or that song that we just listened to prisoner of Mars is like a really interesting, like combination of like all of that, like European electronic stuff going mm -hmm. on with also like having this like shoegazy droney thing going on, which also was really big in Europe um, and that's, I think, why you're talking about it carving its own lane. You know what I mean? Like, and you put that song on at night and you're just driving. Like, it's a, it's like, it's like a vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Scott, that's why it's like this, this hip hop sample gold mine. Some French cinema soundtrack, just cruising. 100%. What do you think about Rainbow Conversation? If you, <laughs> so I might let me ask you that first what do you think about it this is one I didn't have like much to say about I guess I, I think, think you that just don't like the acoustic guitar songs <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah I guess it's possible but I think that there's also a couple moments on the record that I feel like I'm listening to a song that I've already heard before too I hear that. I hear that. That makes sense. And it's not even a it's not even a shot. I just feel like we're just, you know, in this What I in this What I really vibe. like about Rainbow Conversation is if you listen from 40 seconds, just put it on in the background until yeah. like until like 2 minutes. Just the way that this song um, crescendos the whole time. It's just like building in intensity mm -hmm. and it's not doing that uh, via section changes. It's not like Boom, B section, now we're loud. It's just yeah. like this constant thing that's just like, you know, it's like a pot that's boiling. You know what I mean? It's like mm. slowly boiling. Um, I feel that. And then you get the strings in there and the way that she's using her voice as backgrounds to create this like percussion and this density. This whole record for me is really fun as a listener because I listen to it really as like instrumental music, you know? Because. I don't speak French, which she's right. speaking quite often, and uh, I mostly make instrumental music. So like, I'm just listening for harmonies and melodies and all this density, and like that's why it feels like some flying lotus shit to me. Is because I'm just like, oh, I could tap into anything. I could listen to this song and listen to just the drums. It's interesting. I could tap in and listen to just the ox percussion. I could listen to just the yeah. the synthesizers. That's it. That's uh, that's a you very know? interesting way to yeah to approach it from a listening standpoint. I, I dig that. Yeah, and I think that's just sort of like, and that's not even. 
I don't even think about it. I'm not like thinking about it like that. That's just sort of so, how yeah. I listen to music nowadays, you know? And I think that's also one of the things I recognize while listening to this record is that this is not necessarily an easy listening journey. It's, uh, I think it can be super fucking educational. Oh, yeah. You know, this is an educational listen if you're, uh, if you want to open up to it that way. But I feel like it's so vibey still. Yeah. Like, I, I agree that there are a lot of like vibey transcendent moments where I just get absolutely fucking lost in it. But the difference that it's not, maybe what I hear you saying is that it's not like, um, like, what's a record that we've done on this podcast that you can just, like, put on and, like, not have to worry about? Mm. Like, Ink. You know, like, that Ink record. The Ink you know? record. The, uh, or like the that, Dwight Sykes. Dwight Sykes. Or that Todd Terry, if Mary wasn't on it. <laughs> bam. Shots fired. Um, oh, man. The, but the, like, the so, Phil so, Collins. Yeah. Probably. But, like, this know. record, like, we listened to this because, like, Vic and Tuan also love this record. Yeah. And we had... um a little phase during the pandemic where we were just like playing poker and we would like smoke some weed and put this record on and play poker. That's awesome. Yeah. And it, I remember specifically like I loved it because it was like a journey. You know what I mean? The difference between maybe that and the ink record is that the ink record doesn't really like, change vibes or colors it's not too like abrasive you Mm -hmm. know what i mean right whereas like this one you'll be like i've shown this to a few friends and they've been like after like three or four songs like is this the same record you know because it is like aside from her voice you know i understand how there's you know you could you could hear some some disparateness you know things yeah sort of wide they're all over the place right right um but yeah so it's like as far as like a thing to put on at a party it depends the kind of party. If it's a weed party, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> if it's a drinking party, probably not. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. No, I feel you. What do you think of... Uh, that's what oh, I'm sorry, saying, though, is like, I think I'm probably going to get this record. Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah. I think yeah. it's... It's every, just going to hit you. Even like, listening to it now, yeah. like while it's in my ears, and I listened to it a couple times as just kind of background music while I was doing some work. Yeah. Um, along with doing the, the intent listenings. Yeah. And it's, uh, every time just like, God damn it. I, I think I'm starting to like some of these vocal rhythms and, or at least they don't cadences. bother you as much. Cause you hear the other things like, you know, you just tap into yeah. something else. But I mean, this record is amazing for like going on a bike ride, you know? Like specifically, like better than a walk. Like if you can get a little bit of that breeze out here in this Pacific Northwest, wonderful weather we're having. Yeah. Like, man. Damn. Refractions in the plastic pulse though is um, this, <laughs> this is a, this is the third like <laughs> a third of this record is yeah. in this this track. What is it like yeah. 18 minutes? Yeah. And yeah, the first section reminds me of some like very cool kind of like wrecking crew type stuff yeah this is some real like sampleable like 1960s almost like doo-wop vibes i love the french vocal on this one too yeah so so good
Second movement on this track is definitely not my favorite. What time section. is that starting at? I think I it's around four it. minutes. Let's get into it, cause oh yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna browse that. The, there's a yeah, I hear it start around four forty. So I do love the uh, that kind of like EKG machine effect. That is uh, yeah. the the thread that brings each of these sections together. I, I think is right. A cool way to to string things along. I just don't particularly uh, care that much about this particular section. Yeah, I think harmonically it's like I like it, but I, I think it's like it also treads that line of like not like Disney, but like sort of like some like Alice in Wonderland. It's like a little too on the head though of like I don't know what was the word you used before. Like a musical? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it maybe feels a little bit like that. Um, I think it's cool, though. It's again in five, and, like, yeah, I think that the, the setting is pretty cool. And then once you get to this little solo thing at, like, 540, solo, quote-unquote, it's just, like, some modular thing, maybe freaking out or a little synthesizer mm-hmm. or some guitar pedal. It's just one note. But... I appreciate that, like this, like sort of sound, uh, sound design scapiness, you know. Yeah. But I agree with you. I think that as far as like, you know, parts that are like maybe go a little longer than I need them to. Yeah. But then the third movement, which happens around like 8:50. Yep. This is a very, very cool section. Yeah, it's like simultaneously like some reggae, like some dub stuff. Yeah. And then also has this like really wide shoegazy like thing in the guitar and her vocals. Like this feels like a Nine Inch Nails section Mm. to me in a very cool way. And when the backup vocals come in. You ever gone deep on any of the uh, Nine Inch Nails records? Never super deep. I mean, I respect Mr. Rez, but uh, I have enough friends that have gone super in on. Yeah. um, It just. It didn't ever, like, strike me, but I'd be down.
then you get it like 1230 for the fourth, fourth section. Movement. Yeah. Oh. And this shit is like, like, this is what I'm talking about as far as like relevant today. Like this sounds like some like, and also like taking influence and awareness from like the drum and bass scene and the house and techno scene in, yeah. in the US and the UK and all of Europe at that time. This shit's like some Flylo shit, you know? Yeah. At first, I thought it was gonna lose me, but then this other synth comes in and it reins me back in. Yeah. And it's very cool. I just don't know how that was like what I don't know. This song's like so bizarre. It's fucking ratchety, dude. I don't think like if if somebody like brought this to like me or our band or anything i I think we'd be like no this doesn't work (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you know like and i i think it does work though i just don't think that like i would see it like you know if i was there in the process i'd be like so we're just gonna like stop all these sections and just start up basically a new song and we're just gonna like call it one song yeah it's interesting because it works they yeah i mean they don't really uh seem to like mean anything to each other like if these yeah, are just back-to-back like, tracks with that same yeah. thread between it yeah man it's I almost just, like yeah i wonder uh, what what they say about it yeah <laughs> i love though with that fourth that fourth section man if you if you hang in you get to that fourteen twenty mark pretty beautiful moment happens yeah, and I this to like me is like the opening of the fifth that. section. Yeah. And then you get that that sexy-ass dry vocal. It's funny, man. Like, for... The vocal so is, dry. is the thing that, like, bothers me yeah. a lot sometimes, but it's also the thing that I love the most sometimes. So it's... It's, a, it's an interesting yeah. relationship where, where like that I have with... It's uh, like mayo. Those things. You know? It's like mayo. Yeah, no, I just love mayo. Yeah, I do too. I'm trying to think of something that it's like. this song goes i remember the first time i listened to it like this this song has it's the seaside of the record it's the only song on the seaside and i remember i listened to it the first time and i was like what the fuck is going on you know yo so this track is broken up on the vinyl no it's one song okay it's just the entire oh this track okay it's the whole seaside sorry i'm a fucking idiot i understand what you're saying now (laughs) you're not an idiot (laughs) but um yeah, I don't know. I feel like, like, am I ever going to put on Refractions in the Plastic Pulse uh, to listen to it by itself? Maybe. Um, probably not, though, because it's the length of an Earl Sweatshirt record, you know? <laughs> um, but I definitely never skip it when I'm listening to the whole record, you know? It's not yeah. my favorite song on the record, and it's length you know, also further deters me. Um, but I think it's a cool like trip. And I think it's also sort of like emblematic of like 
just sort of like them as a band. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they're just like, fuck you, you know, here's mm-hmm. a 17 and a half minute song and you can like skip it if you want, but you know, fuck you. <laughs> then we get to Parsec, which I think is the sickest song on the record. I love it so much. And High Pulp is going to do a cover of this. Fuck yeah. And it sounds to me like if Yusef Days was playing drums and it's in five and you get these super cool, like lush horn lines over the top. And it's just like this, like really cool, like amalgamation of like all the things I love about this record, you know? shoegazy it's well written it's dense it's in five it's uh she's got so many sections you know it's yeah but we can save it because i want to play it out with this but i want to know what you think about the song yeah i would love to see this music played live yeah i think that would be amazing yeah parsec was uh, definitely a track that stuck out as one of one of my favorites. I just think that the the effects used on the the drum kit are very cool. Yeah, I'm you know? have to figure out how to do that. And uh, when it gets to the three fifteen mark, it takes this turn. Yeah. The bass. All these bass lines are super cool. Like really interesting choices of notes. Yeah, dude. The playing on this record is so good across the board. And another thing that we haven't mentioned yet, but is important to mention, um, Mary Hansen was in the band at this point, and she died in a bicycle accident a few years later. And let's see, I don't know which records she was on. I don't know who that is. Um, she's like singing a lot of the backups. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, oh, she damn. died in London at age 36. Like during uh, the recording of this? Is that what no, it was in 2002. Okay. Um, so, so like six, five, six years later. Yeah. So they were like, they were like going, they were like touring a bunch and she was the only other woman in the band along with uh, Leticia. So let me see. Hanson recorded six albums. So from 93 until 2001, she was on all of those records. And um, I see her here. So she was like, you know, a huge part of the band. Obviously, as we're talking about these backup vocals being so fucking important. Yeah, dude. Um, And she got hit by a car and died. She crushes it, dude. Yeah. Um, So RIP to Mary Hansen, truly sad, from Australia found her way into um stereo lab and you know and then you got a uh, john mcintyre as the producer on this who is uh a born here in portland oregon based in oh, chicago really? but he's a member of tortoise oh okay cool and cool. Hell yeah. uh that makes sense and also uh and cake whoa yeah so he played drums on a short skirt, long jacket. No, never mind. Jacket. This band is called The Sea and Cake. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Okay. 
That's very misleading. So he didn't uh, play it on he, short skirt. He is from Taurus, Long though. Long jacket. Which wasn't a... Uh... Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker? Taurus. Yeah. That, yep. All right. I knew that we had like some sort of uh, I Dig Records con- yeah. connection to, to the Tortoises. Tortoise is pretty sick. I think it's important that we we continue to, uh, you know... <laughs> find the through lines hell yeah <laughs> all this shit's connected six degrees you know yeah somehow <laughs> um what do you think about ticker tape of the unconscious another one i love the backup vocals and i love how she's got this like fuzz on it or distortion or it sounds sort of like it's going through like a analog like am compressor or some shit you know yeah yeah, this part, this is a cool way to, like, get into the song. I don't know. Like, the effect is cool. You but hate it, Dan Cable. You hate it. I don't it. hate it. I just feel like, I think this is, like, another one of those tracks, and especially because we are dealing with it uh, sounds like a lot of vocals, a lot of vocals in, in a different language. I think yeah. this is where it, it can definitely feel like other sections of the record. Totally, totally. Especially, I mean, you know, it's grooving though. As far as like things to sound like, this isn't a bad thing to sound like other shit, you know? No. And it gets all ratchety on the way out. Yeah, it's a vibe. Which I think is cool. Let's see what happens when you Google Flying Lotus Stereo Lab. This record's fucking dense, though, dude. That's what I realized yeah. when I He's got. He's on a handful of remixes. When I got to the the final track. Um. Contra, Contra <laughs> Yeah, what about it? Like when I got to that track, started digging into it because this is an, a near nine minute song. This song is super super sick. This is uh, I was like, whoa. This album is very dense. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's ten songs, and it's—I mean, it's an hour. It's an hour something. and six minutes. Yeah, we're talking six—you know, six minute plus per song. Breaking, breaking the iDig record series rules of exceeding, you know, like twenty-three minute albums for yourself. I make the rule, <laughs> and I get to break the rule. <laughs> Now, if you want to do a record over an hour, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, this song's tight because then it got the first half is totally like if like Flylo played guitar, you know, um, in a in a band. I feel like it would sound like this, and then you get to the second half. Which is sort of has these like weird, seemingly modular musings uh, for about a minute and a half, mm-hmm. and then you get in there around like you know, five thirty, and uh, I feel like this is a good way that the record rides itself out, you know. Yeah, if you're if you're willing to sit through that yeah. minute and a half of yeah. not much going on. See, this, that's when you're playing poker and you're yeah. like, you know, you're like, what's going on? And then you're yeah. like, oh shit, yeah, this hits. You know? This 540, yeah, like this 530, 547 around that that time though mm-hmm. is such a cool section of the album. Like I, when it, you know, it gets moving 
and dancey as it progresses and yeah i kind of wish that this futuristic dance party vibe was more present on the record right 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 but it is a very fun way to like ride it out and also kind of it's a what the fuck moment too it's like where did this come from yeah no totally and it, it feels like this reminds me of some like sort of yola tango thing but it's a little more electronic i don't really know what finger to put on it that's why i like this record you know <laughs> also like this record because there's times when I'm listening to tracks that I don't really know where I'm at in the record anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm I mean, you listen to this record and you start like you assholes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like that's like that's it, you know, for me like every time I listen to this record, I think the big thing for me on this record is just these melodies are so fucking good. Like they're so earwormy. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is the future. Like, just like, uh, 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 uh. like, it's pretty impressive how there's probably like 20 melodies on this record that like, when you hear it, you can sing it right away. And it's not because they're poppy necessarily. It's because they're just like, they're earworms. You know, there's a distinction there. Yeah. It's a vibe. As the kids say, it is a vibe. I will say that this uh, made me curious because I'm glad we did this record just so I have some understanding of Stereo Lab because it's definitely yeah. a band that I've heard referenced many times. You know, definitely in the conversation of things, you see the the name, the bin card at the record store. So yeah. this uh, this made me want to check out some other music so i did check out emperor tomato ketchup oh yeah what'd you think and that for me i like that I think record that might, better that might be yours yeah it's a little bit more rock and roll you know whereas dots and loops is like a little bit more dots and loops it's like yeah you know. it's a, uh, and it's not even rock and roll i think it's also very punk rock totally. in its mentality too you know especially everything being so like politically charged but yeah i i enjoyed Emperor Tomato Ketchup a lot. Like, yeah, like I think that's a record I would, I would pick up. You know the noise of carpet on that record? It's like, this is not a part of uh, Dots and Loops. Like, this shit is, yeah, some punk rock, yeah, rock dude. and roll shit, you know? Some power pop shit, too? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and this, is, this is more of the stereo lab that I, I got to know originally. Is like, here, for the listeners, you should put on pang with an exclamation mark that's the album title pang 33 this was the first stereo lab song i ever heard and i fell in love with yeah i could see how after hearing something like that or something off 
pepper, tomato, ketchup, where you would be very thrown off with people referencing your music. Yeah, you're like, huh. I mean, I love it. I'm down, you know. But I, then I listened to Dawson Loops and I was like, okay, cool. I hear that a little bit more just because, you know, the horn writing and some of the, the synthesizers and stuff like that. I, you know, that's incredibly humbling. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, man. I definitely appreciate Dots and Loops, you know, and like those compositions are very cool. Yeah. And, it made me want to listen intentfully. Yeah. And I knew I wouldn't get what I wanted out of it until I did, until yeah. I just sat down with it, with the headphones and had no distractions. Right. You know? But even then, I think if I'm doing that, I feel like the record might get to feel a little long. Yeah. You know, it does. that's where, that's where that thing of like it being a little repetitive might come in you yeah. know what i mean i mean especially for something that's an hour and six minutes yeah yeah 100 percent. it's like if i'm gonna sit down and listen 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 front to back it's like yeah maybe take a take of the unconscious i could do without i still really like the flower called nowhere though um but but you know it just depends you know on the on the mood and the vibe like yeah long records are still there even even ones i love like this it's just hard for me man fucking hour yeah it's like damn that's a lot of time i watch an hour on tv and i feel like it's a lot of time right right you know so well, li- listeners you know hit us with your thoughts dm yeah, us please. send an email to dan at gmail.com hit us with some records you want to hear us talk about next time we're going to do this uh, mother nature record this rap group out of Chicago with the producer Boathouse and they put out this record called Seasons. I think it's just going to be a fun episode. I think mm-hmm. that it's uh it's a lot of summertime bangers on there, so it's perfect timing for it. Right down know. my favorite bars. <clears throat> yeah, man. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. Put all the links in the episode notes. You've been listening to anything good lately or just shit? I don't know. I've been listening just to listening to shit. I don't know. What have I been what have I been hooked into? There's this dude Black Alex out of uh, Long Island, New York. It's B L A Q U E. Is he black? He is black. Cool. And his name is Alex and cool. uh I think that he is a very good rapper and he will be on uh either this coming Friday's episode of the podcast or the following weeks. Sick. So he's got this uh, this record called Trust Me It's Fire that is available and I, I dig that quite a bit. Tight. And what else have I been listening? Oh, you know what I really dig right now? Is yeah. the new Sky Zoo album. Well, I know that name. He's on Mellow Music Group and uh, it's called All the Brilliant Things. I think right. I might even sent you that record. I haven't told you to listen to it, but he from, I do not know. He's got BJ on this. I've seen the name a lot, seen the name a lot, but never really checked out uh, a record. And, uh, this is a brand new one from him and I like it quite a bit. So I'm going to send you a record that I've been loving. Um, and it's free on Bandcamp. uh, bruiser wolf. He's got this record 
called Dope Game Stupid. And I think that... Oh, I sent it to you. Did you listen to it? I oh, sent it to yes. You. I told you there's so many sports yes. references. Yo, that, that's a cool record. That record is... I love the production. The style. Knowledge produced a song on it. The style is crazy, dude. It's, it's like, sort of like E-40, and it's also sort of like Last Poets. Like It's so like, much its own, just though, Just over dude. the top. Just like, yeah, just... Yeah, over the bar line type shit. It's so unique. Everybody go check out Dope Game Stupid mm, by Bruiser, Wolf, Bruiser Wolf. I would love to do that record on this podcast at some point. You have any closing words about Dawson Loops? I think it's one of my favorite records, and I hope everyone takes a listen to it because uh, their legacy is huge, and I appreciate you all for listening to me blabble about it. Well... Thanks for introducing it to me. I had to know. I had to know about it. When you talk about a record like that, I gotta yeah, know. Man. I, I gotta know what's going on with it. A- at least have some see, understanding. You can see why I feel like that about it. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like absolutely. And I think that the difference between you being an Emperor Tomato Ketchup guy and me being a Dots and Loops guy is is like that's just sort of like the difference in like you know. Our flavors. Yeah, you're a pretentious you know? dickhead. Um, yeah, you um, know, I, I like I like avocado <laughs> mango smoothies, you. and you like spinach strawberry smoothies. You know, I feel like those are like feel, felt like very similar comparisons. I think Ember tomato ketchup and dots and loops are similar, <laughs> just a little different. Uh, I sort of like though. those smoothies. Cool, man. All right, cousin. Played out with Parsec. You're going to come up. We're going to see each other IRL for the first time. Dude, we're going to see each other in, in like a week. Less than a week on Sunday. This coming Sunday. It's Tuesday. Yeah, dude, yep. that's soon. That means that we can, we're also we can do, going to record a few episodes of I Dig Records in the flesh. Quit buying records. Keep digging records, but quit buying them. It. I deleted. That just goes for for Rob. Everybody else, you can keep keep buying records, keep these record stores in business, keep these bands in business. I put in vinyl. my work this month. I put in my work keeping record stores in business this month. Get yourself a copy of Mutual Attraction 2, the new high pulp hey. joint that is on the wax. Very good. Very good. That's available in some record stores, so look out for that. And uh, this is Parsic Distro Kid. The song is called Parsec yeah. Distro Kid. <laughs> no, it's not called that. <laughs> Distro Kid. Shout out to Distro Kid. Hit the link in the episode notes so you can get that 30% off. And uh, appreciate Distro Kid so much all day. for supporting this thing. Rob endorses them heavy. Cuzzo, using them all the time. I'm sure. I'm sure all that music you're putting out is, uh, you know, Distro Kid's doing their thing. So don't Distro sleep Kid on Distro great. Kid. Distro Kid is great. All right, until next time. All right, we're going to play it out with Parsec for sure. Not Distro Kid. Parsec, Parsec Distro Kid. Yeah, just Parsec. So, yep. This is it.